0: Hello and welcome to the Green Pole podcast. We are back tonight to discuss the FA Cup heartache at Old Trafford on Sunday. I am delighted to be joined by the Green Pole regulars. Uh, Kieran Thibault, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, good, mate. It's been a tough few days, but we're, we're grinding through again as usual. As always.
0: And also the other regular, Thomas. How are you doing, Tom?
2: Yeah, all good, mate. Like Kieran says, just uh, plodding along trying to forget about
0: something <laughs> <laughs> well don't forget too quickly because we have to discuss it now um yeah. but look gentlemen i just want to start by saying thank you both for your help over the last few months um thank you for having me back on most importantly because it has been a while great um, to have you back <laughs> yeah. but look we have to talk about it um i think the whole world's talking about it so let's start um thomas give us some positives
2: from sunday well i think the positives were there for all to see everyone watching on telly could clearly see uh, everyone at the game could clearly see um that Fulham were with the better side uh, for the vast majority of the game we dominated the ball we you know, we we took it to to man united who you know they looked like a relegation fodder team to be honest and uh yeah it it was all Brilliant to see, you know. Great, you know. The ball was just swung in the box at every possible opportunity. There was no, we showed them respect, but we didn't fear them. Which, you know, in the past, going up to Old Trafford, I think, I think we do, we we do fear them. But you know, we, the way this team plays is just—it's a joy to watch. And for seventy-one minutes, it, it was fantastic. So, you know, the, the positives are there for all to see. And this Fulham side—they won't go away. I can't see them going away and that. You know, I'm expecting a strong finish to the season.
0: Let's hope so. Uh Tibba, your thoughts on the performance Yeah, on just,
1: Sunday. Just to add on what Tom said, really. I mean, there were plenty of positives to carry forward and in, in from this game. Of course, the usual the re- the regular uh positive performers, uh, Pellini and Reed both in the midfield. Great to have Pelinia back as well. Um, a great performance on both though. I think Reed also had Probably one of his best games, um, in a Fulham shirt as well. He was everywhere, putting even putting crosses in the box. Definitely, Harrison
2: was, was. Harrison was. I think it was the best performance I've seen him in a Fulham shirt. He was disciplined. He he also he also dominated the midfield. I thought Palina was great, but I thought Harrison was. He was above everyone else on the pitch for the first oh, half definitely. at
1: least. With or without one, one or two hamstrings as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I think the back line was also faultless, of course, until the seventieth minute. Um, we can't fault them there. I think Raymond Diop is is the glue. Um, of course, having that shield of Polino in front of them did give them security. I think they did really well. Um, and I, I think it overall it was a really, really impressive display. I think Fulham, after our previous results against Arsenal and Brentford, I think we were back to our best. Um, and if we perform like that against any of the teams coming up, we've got Bournemouth West Ham, I think Villa as well, then then who knows how what, what we can do, really. Um, I think in, in the whole game, we put about 15 crosses into the box, which I think is really impressive. Um, or, or it could have even been more, I don't know. Um, but overall, really, really positive performance um, to reflect on. Yeah,
0: I, I think those 15 crosses, I think near enough, all of them were made in the first half. Were they, um, first half? Wow. Um, yeah. We, did, yeah, we put in a lot of crosses into the box in that first half. Um and I only remember Lennon making one save for the first 71 minutes. And that was only at the end of the first half. I think it was a shot from outside the box. I
1: think it was Sibica
0: or the Yeah, that's the only sort of time you sort of went, oh, hold on a minute. But it's strange you actually go to Old Trafford and you dominate as much as we did. I, not for one minute did I think at any stage we were going to lose that. Um, and I think just having Paulinia back in, the confidence from everyone, everyone just seemed to stand that bit taller. Uh, And it just allowed the likes of Harrison Reed to then go and do what he likes to do or what he's been made to do now, get further forward, probably turned into a a prime Paul Skulls at at times. (laughs) Um, But yeah, for 71 minutes, it was faultless. Um, But the the next 20 minutes, we'll talk about towards the end. Um, But I want to start off by the first... Major incident after two and a half minutes. Uh, P- Pereira swings in the ball from a corner. Uh, Luke Shaw makes no attempt to win the ball, to get the ball, to do anything other than push Mitrovic in the back. Now, Thomas, penalty
2: or no penalty? I mean, it's it's a stone wall penalty, isn't it? You've seen so many videos of it since, where you can you just think to yourself, like, what, how have they not seen that? There's not even a VAR check on it. And it just, it beggars belief. Um, And obviously, yeah, we're going to talk about the other 20 minutes at the end of the game and the reasons behind what happened. But, yeah, it just beggars belief. You go to Old Trafford, you need people to stand up and be brave and make the right decisions, and they don't do it. Even that early in the game, that is a clear-cut penalty. And that should have been given. VAR didn't even look at it, and I think you know that's it's just ridiculous to be honest. Hmm.
0: Tibo, make it make sense, please. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I can. Myself, really, <laughs> but,
1: um, I think I think that moment especially did did kind of show the the lack of control uh, Ka- Kavanaugh did have on uh, had on the game already. Um, of course, that did develop as the game de- as the game went on, as as we found out um but the fact there was no var check is is quite disappointing considering if this was at the other end of the field and man united just been pushed over by fulham there would be all sorts of var checks going on red cards about to be handed out some sort of like fire drill about to go off and the the end the world would end basically <laughs> so it is disappointing that he does ignore it even though he's staring at it from about 6 yards away um but it 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 really I don't I can't describe it. It's really frustrating how inconsistent these decisions are becoming. We'll get onto it later, but yeah, it was it was disappointing to see after only just two and a half minutes, as you say.
0: Yeah, and you sort of go, well, you go to Old Trafford, all you want is a fair a fair crack at it. Now, after two and a half minutes, it's pretty much stonewall. Now, yes, Mitrovic sort of goes up at the head and misses it. Mainly because he's being shoved in the back by Shaw again, he makes no attempt at winning the ball. What do you have to do to get a penalty nowadays? Now, again, Chris Kavanaugh, we will get into him <laughs> towards the end, but <laughs> ultimately, that West Ham game now he gave a penalty against us for something, in my opinion, less obvious than what that was. Um. And you just knew after two and a half minutes, after VAR don't even check that, you know you're up against 12 now. Um, and then swiftly moving on, on the 26th minute, uh, there's another penalty shout. Uh, Martinez does trip Mitrovic inside the box. I think Mitrovic does play for it. But ultimately, there's, there's a collision. He touches him. And again, I do think that's a, a, a case of if that's in the other box. On Rashford or Reghorst or Sancho, it's a penalty. Um, Thomas, was that a penalty for you?
2: Um, yeah, I I, th- I think it probably was. Um, but <laughs> because of what happened before, I felt like we probably deserved one there. To be honest, mm. um, yeah. It's a tricky one. Yeah, it is a really tricky one because you look at it and think, well, we've not been given that one. He's levelled it up by not giving that one. So that's the way I look at that. But two wrongs don't make a right, I guess you look at it that way. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I do think it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, as soon as I saw Mitrovic go down and I saw the contact, I thought, well, he's not given that one after three minutes. Now that's an error on his part. Mm. Now, law of averages says there's more chance he's going to give the second one if he's realised he's made a mistake. Um, Thibaut, penalty or no penalty?
1: As as you said, it's a difficult one. This one because of course at first sight it looks like a penalty, but then if if you look at the other angles, it looks a lot softer. That as you say, Mitrovic was playing for the penalty. Um, I think if it was to be given as a penalty, it would be quite soft, consider it all all things considered. However. I do think after the first error, we did deserve a penalty more there. Um, but of course, neither were given because, of, again, a lack of VAR checking, inconsistency and playing. It's, it's just more frustration, really. You could see where this game was going. It was us against, as you say, 12 men. Um, we just had to continue playing for that, for that all-important goal, which we eventually did get.
0: Yeah, and I, I do think it's one of those cases where it's not a Stonewall penalty, but you've seen them given. I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah, that's what um, that's
1: definitely definitely accurate. Yeah, I think that's yeah.
0: the fairest way of putting it. Now, yes, Mitrovic is playing for it. He's done what any striker would do: uh, just get his foot in front of Martinez, well, dangle his foot a bit, fall over, and then you know leave it to the ref. But I think we all knew the ref were not going to give that.
2: I do think he's he's quite theatrical with the way he goes down as well. I don't think that plays into his his favor at all. Um, with the way he goes down, he throws his arms in the air straight away. It's the first thing he does, and then he hits the deck. So, if it's more of a natural fall, then maybe he might get a few more of those. But um, yeah, that, but that's Mitrovic. It's just you know, we've seen it year in year out. That's what he does. The the,
0: the thing is nowadays is what you have to do to get a penalty because there's a lot of players that do try and be honest and they don't get rewarded for it. There's players that you know that will be theatrical and do get it. Um, but perhaps it's a case of his his past history of being slightly theatrical, did go against it. Um, Mm. But at halftime, I don't know about you two, but I felt relatively comfortable. But then the negativity started creeping in and go, well, you know, we're not going to do that again for the second half. Uh, Thomas, how wrong was I? Not long after the second half started, we took the lead. What's your
2: thoughts on the goal? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I, I was the same as you at half-time. I thought, but, you know, it couldn't be as bad as they were in the first half. And it turned out for 20 minutes of the second half, they were probably worse. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, I mean, the goals—the goals, the goals great. It's another, obviously another set-piece goal for them to add to the many that they've got this season. And, um, yeah, I mean, I thought Diop's flick was fantastic. It really just stuck it in the danger area and... Mitricevic was there. You know, he he knows what he's doing. He knows where how to be in the right place at the right time, and that's what we love about him. He's he's a poacher in and around that area. He doesn't miss those chances. So you know, it was really good to see him sharp and back in that sort of area of the pitch. You know, not looking frustrated. He looked like he was really up for the game. He was really enjoying the game. So um, yeah, it was it was a good good goal. We thoroughly deserved the goal. and yeah, from from that point, I, I kind of thought that you know, we've got a really really good chance here. But obviously, not. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: fun while it lasted. Uh, Thibaut, at any yeah. point, as soon as you saw the ball hit the net, and then you saw Man United players go over to the ref, did you think VAR was going to rule it out for a Man United defender
1: pushing? Can't remember who it was. You may have yeah. yeah um, Push
0: someone onto Rashford.
1: It's t- wasn't well, it? I, I-, I wouldn't have been surprised if it had been, but in all <laughs> honesty, I was just running down the stairs waiting for Paul, P- Pete Ruts to say goal given, if I'm honest. Um <laughs> but I think as as you guys have said, it was a it was a great goal. Um poacher's instinct for Mitrovic. It was great to see him get back on the score sheet. Um of course he did need it for his confidence. We'll see about that. Um just depending on whether he plays for a while, but um I can't complain. It's a great goal. Uh, Diop, really great flick, um, and again another set piece goal. Um, I don't think VAR really did have any any chance of overturning it. If they did, then that is really, really just biased and playing into the favour of Man United. Yeah, I think I think we, if I think there we gathered that that was the case. I think if there wasn't
2: like a there wasn't a clear push. You saw the clear push. I think the Man United player pushed Rashford into Tete rather than. Mm a Fulham player pushing him. I think if you couldn't see that clear push, then there was a chance it probably would have been ruled out. But you saw that there was a clear push from a Man United player onto Rashford into the Fulham player. So therefore, you know, yeah. there was nothing he could have done about it. There
1: was yeah, a clear push earlier in the game as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, this is it. They just keep missing the pushes, but they, they missed... Well, they didn't miss one nudge. I'll put it that way. Um, but then 10, 15 minutes later... Uh, in my opinion, De Gea pulls off one of the saves of the season so far. Um, Thomas, if that's 2-0, it's game over, isn't it?
2: Um, Mitrovic's header.
0: Yeah, that goes in It's yeah. game over.
2: Well, I, to be honest, I think you pulled off one of the saves of the season earlier in the game when Willian shot as well, to be honest, because William arcs that shot around three players and De Gea sees it right at the last second, flicks yes. it around the first it's an incredible save. And there's no doubt De Gea's a world-class shot stopper, right? So, yeah, but yeah, the, the save from Mitrovic was brilliant as well. I mean, to be honest, the way Mitrovic arcs his neck and gets the power on it to find the top corner in the first place is, you know, brilliant. The way that he does that is just pure Mitrovic. That's what he's all about. So it, it was great, and I thought it was in. I was, I was almost, you know, I was up out of my seat. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I
0: think we all were. To be fair. Yeah,
2: but um, but yeah, it's, it's De hair, It's a fantastic save. If that goes in. Game's over, in my opinion. But yeah, it, that's why you pay him the big bucks. That's why he's one of the best shot stoppers in the world. So credit to him for that. Yeah, credit where credit due. Thibaut,
1: not really. got do, much. Oh, sorry. Continue.
0: How did it not go in?
1: How how did he manage to to get a hand to that? I don't, I don't really know. To be honest, it is. <laughs> it's, it, it, as we've said, it is a great save and. I don't do it often, but I'd have to agree with Tom and you for everything you said, really. Not much, Not really got much, much to add on that. Thibaut,
0: agreeing with Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing changes. I've been away for two months and nothing's changed. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I think this is what we've all been waiting to get our teeth into, isn't it? Um,
1: the elephant in the room.
0: <laughs> yes. Right. There's a lot to, a lot to sort of go into here. So what I'm going to do is Thomas, I'm going to let you say what you've got to say on it. Thibaut, I'll then pass it over to you. All right. And then I'll have my say. Honestly, just take it away, Thomas, <laughs> and try and make sense of it all, please. Because I think, yeah, even now, there's a lot of fans out there that have no idea how it escalated into that.
2: <laughs> well, where do I start? Um, obviously, Chris Kavan has got a history. Fulham we've seen it Preston game last season West Ham game earlier on this season Marco mentioned the Leeds game as well so obviously there was even though we won that game there was stuff that went on in that game he wasn't happy with either so I think this this was just boiling from the first half with the two not given penalties and then I think what the Fulham bench and players were were unhappy with was I noticed in a video I saw afterwards but it looked to me like Rashford pushed William into the ball. Now, if that happens, William's not in control and he can't physically be done for handball if he's not in control of his body, surely. He doesn't stick his arm up, he pulls his arm away. So that could be why Marco Silva flies off the handle. And he does fly off the handle. We've seen it before, he's been banned before. Um but That could be why that happened. So he's shown a red card. The second incident, Mitrovic is trying to talk to Chris Kavanagh. Calmly. You don't see any aggression in him. He's talking to him. He's just making his point. Chris Kavanagh then turns and says something which absolutely incenses Mitrovic. And from there, hell breaks loose. They're just utter carnage. Mitrovic is right in his face, screaming at him. Something's been said between the two of them, that hasn't come out, that no one knows about, that's my opinion on it. And I think it's been boiling from Preston last year with Marco, and I think it's been boiling from a sense of injustice for Fulham on the day and previously at West Ham. And I think a lot of people are just jumping on this. Mitch, Mitch has assaulted the referee, which is just an absolute ridiculous statement to make. You can clearly see he grabs him, yes. He pulls his arm as if to say, hey, look, I'm talking to you. Listen to me. I'm trying to make a point. But he has none of it. Pulls the red card out instantly. And that's, you, you need to draw a line somewhere. You know, I've seen people likening it to can Kung Fu kick 30-odd years ago. I've seen people likening it to the Canio pushing over Paul Alcock He doesn't push him. He's just trying to get his attention. Mitrovic, yes, he's aggressive. That's the way he plays. That's who he is. But how many Man United players were surrounding the referee when the penalty incident happened? How many Man United players were in his face, fingers pointing? I think there's a lot more to this than just, he's the bad guy, throw the book at him. I've seen people saying he needs six-month bans. It's just ridiculous. The media has thrown it completely out of proportion. In my opinion, he deserves the free match ban. Then he deserves another free match ban for not walking away at the moment after he got a red card. He was incensed with something. Fine. People lose their rag. It happens on the football pitch. I've done it. I've been a referee. It's, it's hard to be in that position. But you can't, you can't be telling me that he needs a six-month ban you can't be telling me that it's the same as assault. I've seen, people, I've seen people saying that this is a sickening assault. It's not. It's nothing like that. It's just completely out of proportion. And it needs to be toned down. Fulham need to accept that they've made a mistake here. Both Marco and, and Mitrovic. And Marco did say after the game that in the dressing room, he apologised. I think that's enough. I don't think they need to come out and apologise to fans or refund tickets. I think this is this is a different side of Fulham that people have been saying years ago. They were saying, "Oh, Scott Parker's Fulham are too soft." Well, now we're too we're too hard now. No, we've just found a different identity. We just now need to balance that identity. You see it on the pitch. We're an aggressive side on the pitch. I love to see it. Don't don't overstep the mark. Mitrovic overstep the mark. Marco overstep the mark. We've seen it before. Will it stop? Referees being pushed and pointed and whatnot? No, it won't. But from my opinion, it's been blown completely out of proportion and they, they now need just to accept their punishment and everybody just needs to move on from it.
0: Thanks, Thomas. <clears throat> Thibaut, <laughs> take it away.
1: Oh, I, don't, I don't know where I'm to stop. I think Tom's raised some really good points there as well. Um, of course, everything kind of began with the Willian um, handball on the line. Um, of course, you you do have the argument there for Rashford pushing Willian into the into the ball. Um, it doesn't appear as obvious as initially, but of course, after watching it a few times, you do then realise this could be the case. Um, of course, I t- I can't I don't go against the red card. Um, it is deserved because that's what the rule says: red card and a penalty for handball in the area, especially on the line if it's stopping the goal going in um however on that you can you there are there needs to be questions asked about the consistency of these decisions across all games we've seen it in this game week as well in the aston villa game there was some some a similar handball situation that was not given as a red card and i think it was just a booking not even a penalty there needs to be some sort of consistency with these decisions otherwise teams will be un- unfairly treated um and it, it it's really really frustrating um in terms of Marco, of course, we love a passionate manager. Um I think as Tom said, Scott Parker was too soft. Marco is, is that sort of it's that sort of manager and I, I like that sort of manager. Um it's just maintaining that balance now. Um I'm not sure what he says. Of course, in the video, uh, he he does look quite calm walking up to, to Chris Kavanagh, um, who is at the monitor. Of course, I think I don't know what he exchanges with with Kavanaugh, I think, but of whatever it is does stimulate Kavanagh to then show him a red which he doesn't take entirely well. Um, of course, it doesn't bother me too much because we've seen Marco get suspended before. Of course, he he's had a history of Kavanaugh, as we've seen with Preston and West Ham, for example. Um, and of course we do love a little bit of Louis and Morte on the touchline. Um, I think, I think we will, I don't think his ban, of course he deserves the ban. Um, but as I'll say, plenty of times the ban needs to be fair and proportional. Um, so that doesn't bother me too much. Of course, the main talking point is Mitrovic. Um, his initial reaction to the Willie Ann Red card is, is quite calm. He's he's walking over to um to Kavanaugh, as we see, um, exchanging some sort of words. But of course, as we've as we've said, Kavanagh clearly does say something that stimulates Mitrovic to reach a new level and have that outburst. Um, which which does spark him get, shoving the referee and and screaming in his face. Of course, I don't condone any sort of abuse or or to referees in general. I think most of the time they do a great job, and I think the future of referees is vital for this this game. And I hope it continues, and I hope the abuse that they they get does stop because it needs to stop. Um, of course, um, Mitrovic does deserve the red card for it. Um, he does deserve a ban, as I said, in the same, as the same as Marco. The ban needs to be fair and it needs to be proportional, because otherwise this is going to get out of hand. We've seen it, this, we've seen it today, and we've seen it since Sunday. The media have blown this up into absolute arms, and it's become something it shouldn't have become, because this is just Mitrice doing something. If, if it, I guarantee, if this was any sort of, if, in my opinion, the media. They were just waiting for a non-top six side to do something like this in order for them to start campaigning for referees to to have their abuse stopped. I guarantee you, if this was any top six side that had done this, such as any you name any player, Foden, Kane, Martinelli, Saka, any of the top six players had done this, there would not be a single murmur from the media. And this this none of this would have blown up into this sort of proportion. Would have been a yellow card or something, saying, oh, don't do this again, because the top six are coddled so badly by the media. It's so biased, and it's so disappointing, and I really, really am frustrated by it. Um, Of course, I think the ban should be proportional in the sense that I think four to six games is fair. Ten or more is completely out of proportion, and whether if if it is the case, I think the club do have reason to appeal. Not appeal as such, but they do have arguments a room to argue against it because it is too much. Um, but then it also does pose the question, Bruno Fernandes, he has one of the worst attitudes in this league. He's he's done so, all sorts to linesmen and referees. The consistency needs to be there. If Mitrovic gets a ban that's over 10 games, Bruno deserves the same. And for any games in the future or any players that do such thing in the future, they also need a same ban to keep it fair and, and consistent because otherwise there's going to be unfairness across all games. Like it's it gets to the point where it's just silly, really. Um, of course, um, the media are milking it. They need to, it's so over the top as we've already said. Um, I think, as I said, they're just throwing the book at it, making it a big thing. Um, and I th- I do genuinely think it is that they are just going with the sense that in 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 the context of the FA Cup, you've got two Manchester sides still in the competition. In my opinion, the FA Cup are playing. Oh, we need the money. Let's make the Manchester derby the FA Cup final. It's it, they're going with the mentality of let's protect the top six. It is so biased, so inconsistent, and if this continues, which it, it will, because there's nothing you can do to stop it. Like, of course, I respect the top six sides; they're great. There should not even be a designated top six. But the fact that this is this beco- it's becoming on this scale now, it is it's getting to the point where they're just doing it for money, and that you should not bring that into football. Football should be a passive game, obviously contact sport where you you play. It's it's an enjoyable for the fans and the players, and the referee should feel safe on the pitch. Of course, I do not condone anything Mitrovic did, um, whether he was stimulated by Kavanaugh or not. But as I as I I will repeat, as I as I've said, just to top this all off, that whatever ban Mitrovic and Marco get, it needs to be fair and it needs to be proportional and it needs to be consistent for the future of the game. Thanks, Tibor.
0: Um, right. My turn, I suppose. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to try and break it down the best I can. Uh, obviously, we it's it's all come from our own corner, which is the most frustrating part of it all. Um, we have a corner, they clear it. Obviously, William misses the the first bit, comes to Anthony, who, may I add, shouldn't be on the pitch anyway. Um, yeah. and that, another thing uh-huh. that annoyed Marco Silva is... Anthony kicked out at Robinson twice. Once was very deliberate. I think he was only on the pitch for about two minutes. Uh, hit Anthony and Robinson had a 50-50 on the other, the opposite touchline to where Silver was. Um, now Silver's seen that, but I'm guessing the whole of our bench has seen that. The ref hasn't. The linesman saw it, the first one, and went, just don't do that. Hold on a minute. You've just deliberately kicked out at a player. Now, he wasn't spoken to by the ref. He wasn't given a yellow. He wasn't given a red for a deliberate attempt to kick someone off the ball. Now, anywhere else on the pitch, any other circumstance, I'm sorry, that's a red card. You don't kick out of players. How many times have you seen, you know, altercations between two players? One's on the floor, one kicks out. It's a straight red. That's no different. But moving on to the penalty itself, Anthony plays through Sancho. Leno comes out. Sancho takes it around him. Having watched this back about 20 times, I still don't understand why Harrison Reed slid. Now, I'm being picky, I know. But again, it's because I've watched it so many times. He slid too early. Um, the nudge on William is pretty soft. Uh, the problem is now with his hand, this handball rule, it changes every season. Now, especially the last couple of seasons, a lot, a lot of defenders, a lot of outfield players are starting to bring their hands into their body to avoid getting a red card, to avoid giving away the penalty. Because if your hands by your side, you know what can you do about it? He can't cut his hand off. Um, yes, it's, it's it's a penalty. It, it is. It's it's a red card. I suppose if you want to say that it is. If it's a foul, it's a red card penalty. Now, as soon as they go to VAR. This is where my problem is. Uh, Kavanaugh has not even looked to the screen yet. And he's immediately given Silver the red card. Now, I remember Jurgen Klopp this season. He's done it on a number of occasions. He's tried to influence the ref. There's one time, the, I think he may have been at the Emirates. He actually approached the ref before he's actually, or while he was looking at the screen and got a yellow card for it. Now, after the game Kavanaugh has had, I think the red card was a mistake. He should never have sent Silva off. Yes, Silva's come out of his technical area, which, OK, you shouldn't do. But emotions are running high. Just, I think, a bit of common sense could have been played in there. And i spoken to him or even given him a yellow card. I think the straight red without even talking to him is a bit harsh. Um, Silva come out after the game he done an interview on ITV and said, I didn't say anything that bad to Kavanaugh. Um, If he did, then I'll take that back. But I think the red card for Silva escalated absolutely everything. Now, you can look at that one of two ways. As a fan, you can go, Silva, it's silly. You should have stayed in your technical area and just let it play out. But ultimately, he stood there for 71 minutes. He's seen his own team play Man United off the park. Denied two penalties. One was definitely a penalty. The second one, it's a grey area. You make your own minds up on it. He's seen Anthony kick out a Robinson twice and nothing's done of it. And now he's seen that. Now, it's definitely frustration on his part because the game should be over. We should be through. We should be looking forward to Wembley. Now, as soon as Kavanaugh gives Silver that red card, that's when all hell breaks loose. He's obviously looked at the screen, Decide it's a penalty, he has to send Willian up. It's as simple as that. Now, Mitrovic didn't do anything out of character at the start. He, he doesn't do anything different to what he's done for ages. Now, the one thing that's annoyed me more than anything, reading everything on social media, is the word assault. Now, we have to be careful as fans, but the media have clung on to this word assault. Now, he didn't assault Kavanaugh. All he's done is he's simply just nudged his left hand out of his pocket and gone, what are you doing? But obviously, as you both picked up on, Kavanagh said something to Mitrovic. Now, if you're Alexander Mitrovic, you've just seen your manager get sent off. You've seen someone else get sent off. We're down to 10 men in a game that should be already done. Now, as soon as he's got that red card, this is where I can't defend him he gets aggressive, he gets in Kavanaugh's face Williams had to run over, pull him off and he used, there's actually a, a picture of Luke Shaw and Kenny Tete just standing there hugging each other, looking at the ref which I thought was quite an iconic moment after everything that's just gone on but there's talks of I think you pointed it out to you but 181 days the Referee Association I think you said Paul Field, is it? They said he you know, yeah, 180, so. 181 day ban is needed. the problem is now whatever they do they're going to set a precedent so whatever they do from this point on with Mitrovic they have to follow this through for every incident like this now two weeks ago Man United played at Anfield there was two incidents in that game which were pretty much the same as what happened on on Sunday Bruno Fernandes deliberately pushes the linesman in the back with more force than what Mitrovic put on Kavanaugh. Nothing was done about it. He wasn't spoken to or nothing. Now, in that same game, I think it was just before that incident, uh, Liverpool were 2-0 up, there was a foul on the edge of the box. Now, there was five Man United players. They surrounded the ref. Fred's come up behind the ref and he's pulled his left arm with more force than Mitrovic did. They're pretty much intimidating the ref. Nothing was done. Fred wasn't spoken to or anything. Now, there's so many instances we can go back on and we can go, right, that's happened, that's happened, that's worse, that's worse. But you've both made a good point. We're not a top six club. We're not a big club. I was pretty annoyed that they made a draw before before our game was played. Now, I do think the draws should be made once all games are finished. Yes, we may be sounding a bit picky here, but... The problem is, as soon as you see the United, the Manchester teams drawn away from each other in a semi-final, <laughs> you know you're up against it. Mm-hmm. But just to add a few more points to that, uh, Jamie O'Hara came out and said the 10-game t- ban, which is being thrown about, is extreme, it's ridiculous. Suarez got banned a few years ago for biting Ivanovic for 10 games. Suarez also got banned for eight games for racially abusing Evra. Now the problem I have with this is yes, his actions after the red card were totally out of order. But one thing I don't want the club to do is come out and apologize because it's that passion that's got us sitting ninth. It's that passion that's got us to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. It's that it's that passion which we've not had for the last five, six years, which is why we became the whooping boys of the league for two years consecutively we've been in the league we got brushed aside too easy and we are going to be on the end of a hefty fine either way and there are going to be bans thrown about I don't want to put a number on how many games Mitrovic has to miss because ultimately that's not my say um 10 games is definitely way too much um but I think the media, as you both pointed out, has taken this and absolutely ran with it because it's a Fulham player. Now, you're trying to tell me if that was Sancho, Rashford, Kane, Foden, there would not be the same uproar. And I'm not trying to have an agenda here. It's simply because it's Mitrovic. He has a history. He has a past. but He received his first red card for Fulham for five years on Sunday. So, I'd like to see a bit of common sense now. Um but if there is going to be a hard clamp down on this they have to then follow this through no matter what the team is what player it is moving forward because we are the talk of the town at the minute. Um but that's that's my say on it. Um so Thomas after that whole incident it's 1-1 one, one, down to nine men. Do you really want to discuss the last 20, 25 minutes? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Sorry, Sorry if really. you fell asleep. Sorry <laughs> if you've fallen asleep. Um,
2: I just need no, to no, get off my listening. chest. <laughs> no, that's, that's, I'm in agreeance with both of you, but like, we, we've found a balanced view on it, whereas a lot of people are just throwing it completely out, out, out of proportion. It's just ridiculous. Some of the social media stuff, is just it's just crazy. Isn't it? That's why social media is not the greatest thing, it's because it does whip up a fanfare. Because it's Alexander Mitrovic. Because he's got a history in inverted commas. Because he's not done anything for five years, right? So, yeah. Anyway, um, the rest of the game was just well. We were on a hide into nothing really. Um, I liked the fact that Bohemore decided to, to switch half the team. <laughs> that, that made me laugh. Uh, it was great to see. Great to see Tom Kearney back on the pitch. I thought that was a real positive. Um, obviously, he's he's been a real calming influence for us throughout the rest of the season. I think we've missed him the last few games. Um, But, yeah, there's not a lot else you can say. I mean, there's there's the potential offside for the second goal. But, yeah, it was was onside. So, yeah, by that point, I think we all knew the game was gone and uh, we were all heading home. Um, But my personal opinion on it now is it's over with. We need to get behind the players. We need to get behind the team, the club. There's no point hounding anyone out. I've seen people saying that Marco's done, he needs to move on. I've seen people saying that Mitrovic needs to go at the end of the season. It's, it's pathetic. And, it yeah, is. It's, it's, it's just stupid. It's, it's not, it is pathetic, but it's more stupid than pathetic, in my opinion, mm. um, because of what both those guys have done for the club. One, one mistake does not mean you need to leave the club. Like, come on, look what Cantona did when he came back. It's... Yeah, you know, and he came back from a lot, lot worse. Did Canio the same? So, yeah, I think um, I think going forward, we just now need to not brush it under the carpet, but move on as a club. And I think we need to use it as as fuel, as you know, a siege mentality sort of thing against the rest of the season. And you know, look at the table and think actually, you know what? We may miss Mitrovic, but William's only going to be out for one game. I'm in agreement with Kieran that um, Morte on the bench. We'll have his instructions from Marco, and I don't see that being as big a problem as as it could have been. Um, and you know, we need to get behind Carlos Vinicius because some of the people are already saying, "Great, that's it, season over." He's playing up front. Well, he's not done that bad. He's got one assist and two goals uh, this season. It, most of his minutes have been off the bench, right? So maybe a run of games is what he needs. Let's get behind the guy. Come on, and, you know, and support, also the games he,
0: team. and also the games he has been involved in, was one was at the had. one was at home to them not down the road, mm-hmm. you know. Every time he has come in, it's not the only sort of game you look at and go, well, you know, if Mitrovic was, was there, we probably could have won that. Was probably the Wolves game, um, yeah, but he yeah. has he has played his part, and you're right. We yeah. let's get behind him, and I I know for a fact that these last eleven games, if Mitrovic does get a ten game ban. He will do. He will score goals. You know. Yeah, hundred percent.
2: I'm hundred yeah. percent in agreement. So I thought. I thought. I thought when he came out against Brentford, he he looked great. I thought he was really lively. He got stuck in. He, I thought he made. He did more in in the twenty. Well, was it twenty odd minutes he was on, something like that. 10, 15? I don't know. But um, yeah, he did more in that in that cameo than Mitrovic did for the entire game. I know Mitrovic was coming back from his injury, but there's a way to play against Mitrovic that. Defenders are going to come up against Carlos Vinicius and not know exactly how to play against him. He is a similar player to Mitrovic, but he does have a better turn of pace, in my opinion. I think the fact that he looks a bit clumsy as well at times makes people think, ah, he's all right, we can deal with him. But he gets away with it. And like his pass to to Solomon, the the way he set up the goal against Brighton, that was brilliant hold-up play and then a fantastic through ball.
1: Absolutely.
2: You know, we need to get behind him. We need to get behind the rest of the team. We need to get behind Bo Morte. We need to get behind everybody now. As fans, the only thing we can do from the outside looking in is rather than getting on the back of the players, they've made mistakes. They know they've made mistakes. Both Marco and and Mitro will know that they've made big mistakes, but they'll both want to rectify that when they're back. But as fans from now on, all we can do is get behind the rest of the team for the rest of the season. That's all we can do. Yeah, and I'm sure we will. Um, Thibaut.
1: Vinicius is also a match winner at Chelsea as well. So I think that's, that's more motivation to get behind him, as we've said. Um, <laughs> sorry, I did just get a fine then. <laughs> Lift the mood a little bit, but... Um, <laughs> yeah we need to get behind the boys uh the next 11 games are not going to be all easy we have got a favorable run of fixtures coming up which of course with or without Mitrovic, i do believe we will still take take and give them good games and hopefully get some, get a lot of points out of um the next top 6 club we play is is city unless liverpool gets lodged into the um into the equation somewhere down the line um so until then, we should we, we should be giving all of our opponents a good test. Of course, depending on form, um, we need to get behind the boys. We've got Polinia back from suspension. He won't be getting suspended at all again this season, considering the amount of games we've got left. <laughs> That's um, too soon,
2: too, but don't say Listen, <laughs> You say could go it. out of Bournemouth <laughs> and
1: get a red card. Exactly. I mean, apart from red card, yeah. Let's just touch me and just we'll, anyway. we'll edit that bit out. We'll edit that bit out.
2: That's fine. Probably... We'll, we don't edit anything
1: we'll edit here. For <laughs> Nothing's edited here. We've uh, <laughs> got canny back I think, injury. Um,
2: I think we look at, um, if we look at the, the the fixtures of the other teams around us as well. We we have a favourable running compared to them. I think Brighton play Brentford next. When we play Bre- uh, Bournemouth, I think it is, hmm. and then I think we have got West Ham, Everton, Aston Leeds. Villa, Leeds. When they've got Newcastle's, Tottenham's, Man United's, Man City's. I think yeah, I think one of them's got to play Tottenham, Newcastle, and Man City. So you know, there's a lot to play for.
0: Yeah, yeah, and also really Bre- Brighton play Brentford the first game week back, uh, the first of April. Um, and well, yeah, call it April Fool's Day then. What I see, Chris Who going can arrest the falls. Fulham Bournemouth game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'd be
2: surprised if he refs a Fulham game again. To be honest,
1: yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I don't want to see him refereeing a Fulham game again.
2: Well, if the FA have got any sense, then he won't
1: ref another Fulham game because yeah. of the
2: history with it.
1: Should surely, surely this is the the climax to whatever this is, and he should it should he shouldn't shouldn't do it again.
0: See, I I saw something on Twitter earlier, actually. Um, someone did a an ex referee did an analysis of all the twenty refs in the Premier League. This was, I think it was last year, the year before. Mm. And they actually give Kavanaugh a four out of 10 rating. And some of the comments he used was, he makes a lot of mistakes. Um, he has a lot to learn on. Um, mm. And yeah, I, just, I, I don't know. Could you call it unlucky that every time he's ref a Fulham game, there's been clear and obvious errors on his part? Mm. I don't know. We don't, we, I don't like using the word agenda because yeah. it makes us sound a bit you know, victimised when we're not.
2: Maybe once or twice you could, but especially when they brought VAR in. It, it was brought in to eradicate things like that, right? He's made a mistake, so it goes to VAR, and if, if it eradicates that mistake, it fixes it. Mm. But we mm. saw against West Ham, I know the Preston game, there was no VAR. That's fine. A mistake is a mistake. But we saw against West Ham, okay, Pereira was blocking Dawson's run, but then the one he gave a penalty for was a headlock on Pereira.
0: Yeah, Dawson threw himself on Pereira.
2: Come on. (laughs) Come on. And then
1: the two handballs. Just make it make sense.
2: One of which, the the Antonio handball, he clearly throws his arm at the ball to push (laughs) it forward. He goes to VAR and they still don't do anything. That's where Unloveable. people have every right to start thinking there is an agenda here. I'm not saying there is. I'm saying that's where people will begin to think there is. And that's why How- Howard Webb's been brought in to fix. And God, I really hope he does fix it. But do I think he will? No. Especially if Man United are playing. He has oh, yeah,
0: a history definitely. of uh, giving them, <laughs> you know, giving them the uh, rubber to green.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think just to also just can kind of conclude this this little obviously what happened I think down the line in a few weeks well not weeks as such but in a few months time to when we're reflecting on this season we'll we'll look back on this sort of this thing and we'll actually laugh about it we'll think how bizarre is this that's happened look of course we would have known the results by then so it would have been look look how we thought we were going to do look what we've actually achieved since this is quite funny Fulham have made the news of course what happened has happened we hope it doesn't happen again but because all things considered, it w- would reflect on it thinking it's quite a funny moment in Fulham history. It has gone down in Fulham history being that way. Um, so I, th- I think we'll we'll reflect on it in a few months' time by just looking at it and, think- and, and laughing along with people about how bizarre and how funny this sort of thing, that th- what's happened has happened.
0: I think funny is a...
1: Well, yeah. not, not, not a, not a word I'd such,
0: necessarily but... use, but there'll be some humour behind behind it. Um, yeah you get, you get what that, I mean not, not yeah. funny as such but Fulham beat themselves
1: I think yeah, we, Fulham, that's ultimately what Fulham we did. Them, Fulham, Fulham used Fulham to beat Fulham
0: yeah on, only we could have done something like that <laughs> let's be <laughs> honest creative way was, to ruin my weekend it's like when
2: we played Burnley and they had no shots but still won and <laughs> <laughs> you know, scored the own goal. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> but it's it's little yeah. things like this which just makes us realise just how lucky we are to, to to support a club like ours now it's, it is going to take something drastic for us to finish lower than 11th. Now, if someone said to you before a ball was kicked against Liverpool, you'd finish 11th this season, you'd bite their hands off in a harbor. Now, we have 11 games left. Now, if Mitrovic does get this 10-game ban, the iconic thing is his last game of the season is back <laughs> at Old Trafford. Old Trafford, um, yeah.
2: so, you Chris Kavanagh in charge. He could I write
1: it wrong. Would wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite something.
0: But yeah. I think Tibba, you mentioned it Paulinia seeing him back. He actually got man in a match on Sunday.
1: Fully deserved.
0: Um and I think we had a little joke about it in a WhatsApp group earlier. I'd I i can not see him being with us next season. And that sounds really <laughs> negative and defeatist. And I apologize for everyone that's got the humble that statement. I just think he's a superstar. I I just <laughs> I just can't imagine us keeping hold of him for too much longer. I think You've been he's ten
1: pounds by the end of the season.
0: No, I wasn't
2: joking. True. No, I was 100%. You it name is. your
0: charity, and that £10 going into any charity you, you name. But... <laughs> the Jao <Shao> Paulinia Trust.
1: <laughs> the Tebo Trust. But,
0: <laughs> but, as I said, I hope I'm donating money to charity at the end of this season because I want him in a Fulham shirt next... <laughs> when the transfer window closes in August. Um, but yeah, I've said it all along. If, if Marco's
2: stuff. still at Fulham,
0: Paulinia will stay at Fulham. Yeah, I'm not worried about Silva leaving. Purely I because... think if Marco stays, Palina stays. Yeah. she Silva's yeah. got a a point to prove. I still think he has a point to prove in a Premier League in terms of loyalty, in terms of he's built a project here now. I think it was different at Watford, Everton and Hull. Here he's had to build something from the start of last season. He's got us up. He's got Mitrovic scoring goals for fun and we can see, we can see progression. So can everyone else. Um, yeah, I have no problem, no worries about Silva not being our manager. Come next, I week. think
2: what you're not what, what you're not factoring in as well is obviously I've, I've mentioned it a few times is that the FFP is gone this summer and the club are going to go big. I have no doubt that we're going to add some real talent to the team, and Palina is going to want to be part of that, especially if we do finish strongly and nick a Europa League place or a Conference League place. I have no doubt in my mind, that we're going to go big in the summer and I, I think Fulham will kick on next year with Marco at Helm, um, with in numbers in the sixth role as well. No doubt.
0: Honestly, Paulinia, that man. I don't think I've fallen in love with an, a, a signing as quickly as I have. him.
1: <laughs> at least he's not a lone player.
0: That's true. Oh, God. Yeah. It's a very good point.
1: You know what that sort of curse is like.
0: Oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but... Look, gentlemen, I've really enjoyed tonight. Um, one, because I've not been on for a while. Um, but two, I think the points we've made, especially evolving that 60, 65 seconds of madness, I think we've covered all bases. I think it's been fair. I think it's been balanced. Um, and if listeners want to comment, please do. Um, we always welcome in feedback. But Tom, any last words?
2: Not really, mate. Just get behind the team. Don't believe the media and support the team to the end of the season.
1: Thibaut? I think I'm just happy I've got it off my chest now. So apart until until the punishments given, I can kind of forget about it and move on in my life uh, um, and continue to f- support Fulham and get behind the boys for the next eleven games of the season, um, despite how many of my friends think I'm clueless.
0: Well, yeah, I think we all are. We all have to be a bit clueless. We support the uh, the black and white in SW six. We do, we do. Um, it, it comes with some health warning anyway. Um, <laughs> but look, this weekend is the international break. Um, probably come at a good time for us. It means we can sort of cool down and focus on Bournemouth. Uh, we will be back next week for that Bournemouth preview. Um, have a great weekend, everyone. Um, and yeah, up the Fulham. Thank you.